have a question about your home? Call Ken the Contractor. I want to insulate uh, my crawl space. What's your opinion on putting plastic uh, uh, on the dirt floor? Ken Patterson is a Class A licensed contractor, and now Ken the Contractor brings his years of experience to the radio. The uh, first statement I would make about crawl spaces under modern-day construction, you're going to put plastic down if you want to get an inspection. It's actually There's a section in the building code that requires that today. So I strongly encourage it, even before it was in the building code. This is something that I have always done. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is Ken the Contractor. He's here weekends at this time to answer questions that are important to you, today's homeowner. If you'd like to join us, you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can forward questions to our website. That's KenTheContractor.com. Well, considering the time of year, I know many of you are listening to us outdoors today. Some of you are inside with a hammer and a saw, and maybe the sawhorse is set up and working on that summer project. And others, though, are still planning on things to do. Given the fact that we've had so many calls and emails over the last several weeks regarding basements, everything from humidity issues to moisture coming in from the outside to cracked floors, we have to talk about that space. And, Jim, I know from talking to you over the years, you grew up with a basement. That was just common in your part of the your country. Pretty much in the Northeast, it was a common element, and it was oftentimes a combination of different things. It was storage, it was a playroom, but it was a fully functional portion of the house. Yeah, and, you, and it wasn't just some place that was dark and dusty and uh, you had all these things hidden down there that you didn't want to fool with. One of the things that I'm sure probably changed even as you moved along in age and your family uh, developed was that basement, maybe not in your case, but in others, became a finished area, not just a playroom area like it was for so many of you that I'm talking to that can remember from your younger years. And if you're in the situation today where the shoe's on the other foot, you're the adult in the household and you're saying, We really need to repurpose this space. I want to tell you, it can be a huge bargain for you because if you've got a full basement, in many cases, you can double the living area in your home with very little cost compared to the same square footage building out or trying to go back and retrofit and build up. So we're going to talk for a little bit uh, about some of the things you need to take into consideration if that's your project for this summer Converting that basement into bedrooms, family rooms, a finished game room, something other than those concrete walls or stone walls that you may be looking at and exposed structure overhead. First thing I want to to walk you through, and if you can't write all this down, go back to the website. You can pick it up on the podcast. It'll be posted a little bit later on. But I want to walk you through several steps that you need to sit down, put on paper before you just get the hammer and nails out and get started. First, you need to develop a plan, because when things just happen, it ends up costing you more money, and frequently it doesn't end up exactly the way that you wanted it to, and also you have long-term maintenance problems. I've seen too many of these projects end up this way. I have been involved in retrofit in older structures, residential and commercial, and we find later that so many things were done wrong that you're tearing things out and you're starting over again. Wiring that was not done correctly, framing that was not installed properly. So I want you to do it right. Sit down with a piece of paper and develop a plan. One of the things that has to be involved in that plan is how you're going to use the space, because if you're going to convert part of it into bedroom space, 
Folks, you need to be looking at egress. And if you've got a basement that has no doors and no windows, that has to be an important part of what you do. Now, is this something that you were dealing with? Yeah, and I think the the other issue that you find, Ken, when you're trying to convert this into a certain usable type of space is you have some very different questions and some very different uh, hurdles that you've got to cross, whether it deals with plumbing and other things. Folks just think just because it's it's uh, down in the basement uh, that it'll be just like any other portion of the house. But I know it provides some very distinct, unique challenges, heating, cooling, and a lot of other things. Yeah, and those are key items. First and foremost will be your exits, though, because if you're going to be congregating, you've got your family, you've got friends over, folks, you need to have a way to get out of that place. And that doesn't mean just going back up through the stairs to the main level. So I want you to look around and be sure you have a way to create an exit door. If you're putting a bedroom down there by building code, by life safety code, you have to have a means of egress from that bedroom, and that's going to be a window. That may involve putting a well around it and some cover, and we've got items we can talk about. If you've got questions on it, you give me a call. We'll discuss it or send me an email to my website, kenthecontractor.com. Also, you want to resolve any water issues first. Don't assume you can cover it up, you can mask it, and it goes away. Just because you're going to put some framing in front of it, you're going to put uh, some insulation board over the top of it that you have resolved the problem, because all you are doing is covering it up. It will come back to bite you and bite you big time later on. You will be investing money now that you're going to tear out and do some things over at a later date. Resolve the water issues, and in most cases, the only right way to do it is to resolve it from the outside. There are a lot of short-term fixes and some patches from the inside, but the best way to deal with it is to find the water source and to correct it from the exterior. Also, I want you to consider ventilation. A lot of basements, certain part of our listing area would never require air conditioning, probably wouldn't require heat. If it's a full basement underground, you've got a rather constant temperature year-round. But especially on the air conditioning side, you may not be thinking much about that. If you're going to be putting in air conditioning system, especially a ducted system, you've got to plan for the duct work because many of you have basements that only have seven and a half to eight foot ceilings from the bottom of that floor joist to your existing floor. And this can be critical when it comes time to lay out the inside area. Don't find yourself later on saying, only got six feet from the bottom of this enclosure. Be sure you plan for that. Also, Jim, you were just talking about sewer. A lot of us say, we're going to add a bathroom down here. We've got a bedroom, going to put a shower in, or even if it's a game room, we're going to put a half bath. Where is the sewer going? The water is going to be easy to deal with, that hot and cold. But this is probably an issue that you and so many and, and as you were growing up had issues with. I think a lot of folks who have uh, finished off, and I know my aunt uh, fa- had this situation uh, when she went to add a bathroom into what was her basement, which was half finished and half unfinished. It had a laundry room and a furnace and other things. But in the living area that was finished, they had a dickens of a time dealing with the bathroom and the sewer to get it to operate properly. Yeah, it's extremely difficult. Even if you think you've got a sewer line down there, you may find that it's not one appropriately sized for uh, the commode, for example, which is typically three inch in diameter, the waistline from that. There are so many lift pumps, grinder lift pumps assembly that are designed for basement bathrooms today that will get the effluent up and we'll get it into the sewer system overhead, but that's something to consider. It takes space, it takes energy, and you have to know what you're going to install, whether it's a hole in the floor or whether you're building it into a closet area. Some of them will function in that fashion as well. Also, look at your electrical service. A lot of homes were built with electrical services that are maxed out in the main living level because they were only intending to have a couple of lights and maybe a few outlets in that basement uh, for unfinished area. You may have to upgrade that service. Whatever you do, folks, 
obtain a building permit, you're saying, eh, I can do it myself. Nobody's going to see this. It's going to come back and bite you when you get ready to sell that house later on. People pull reports from the building departments, and they find, hey, no permit for this. You may find you lose the sale on that house to somebody else because they're not sure anything was inspected or constructed properly. Also, keep all of your costs. All of these records will be important to you when it does come time to sell the house. What it will do is increase your basis so that when you're selling the home, you have lesser dollars to pay a profit on in terms of income tax. So keep all of your cost for your basement build out. Whatever you do, make yourself uh, a little more comfortable by saving some energy and look for all energy-saving appliances. Coming up on this edition of Ken the Contractor, coming up a half hour from now, Ken's going to talk about a brand-new survey that will tell you what the best cities in America are to buy a home. And Ken will go one-on-one with a representative from Bilco, a worldwide source for specialty access products. That's all coming up on this edition of Ken the Contractor. You can reach us at 800-614-2975. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. I'm Joe Britt along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. You can reach us at any time at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And it is time for us to go to the phone lines. And we say hi to Joan. She's in Reading, Pennsylvania, listens to our program on WEEU. Hi, Joan. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Hi. How are you? Hi, Joan. Hi. I have a question about ventilation. Okay. Um, a, a, about a ventilation system for a basement that would eliminate the need for a dehumidifier to control moisture. Is there such a thing? There is. Now, let me give you some options. And uh, first, quick question, is the basement fully below grade, meaning you don't have walkout doors, you don't have windows on one side that are open from time to time? That's right. There, There is no outside uh, entrance. Okay. And is the basement, uh, are you going to build this out at some point, or is it just is remaining as storage and you want to get rid of the, the, the musty odor and the mildew that forms, those type things? Right, that, the latter. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, so for you, a uh, heating and cooling system is really out. That's the most expensive way to approach resolving moisture issues in a basement because it will dehumidify and will also... Uh, provide temperature control, heating and cooling in that basement area. There may be others that are listening that are in your situation that would want to consider an HVAC system, but for you, that's going to be too much money for what you're trying to accomplish. Secondly, you can look at uh, something on the, the lower end that just moves air, and that's what we need to do in our basements, and that's to move air because the air becomes stagnant, uh, the moisture is coming in through the walls, through the floor, and it sits in pockets, especially in the corners, and you'll create the mold and mildew, and you're always going to get this musty odor. There are fans in the marketplace. Air King happens to be one brand that makes fan, a fan for a basement that is controlled on a humidistat. So as the moisture level comes up in the air, the fan comes on and is vented to the exterior and will discharge that to the outside. That, however is not what I would suggest is the best means of accomplishing what you want. That is a very economical means, and it does a good job, but it does not do well in terms of uh, just eliminating some of the musty odor that you may have. It will get rid of more of the humidity, and it will reduce that. But that is an option for you. I want to give you a couple of things I think that are probably uh, right for you to investigate in your area. And uh, actually, I'll give you three. These are systems. They're all similar in principle. Uh, These are systems that are a single unit that either mounts on the wall in the basement or may sit on the floor in the basement 
but it is ducted to the outside. So if you've got a band board, clearly your second floor, I assume, is above grade at some point. There has to be some room between the grade on the outside and your main floor where you could vent this to the outside. Yes. It, okay. It will also draw air from your main floor. So it's not conditioning space, but what it's doing is taking that air that's been, that is drier, that you don't have humidity issues with in your main floor level. It will pull some of that down into the basement. It will cycle that through the basement area and it will exhaust that to the outside. Now that's the general principle behind it. There are some things internally within this equipment that also treats the air, purifies it, helps to remove some of the allergens and so forth from it. So I'm going to give you three companies and if you don't, or three products, and if you don't have time to write all this down, you can go back to the website later, kenthecontractor.com, and you can pick it up there. But one is called Easy Breathe. That's E-Z Breathe. And that is a basement purification system. It is not a dehumidifier. It will take the moisture out of the air. But what I'm saying is the, none of these are simply dehumidifiers. And if you're running that constantly, you're spending a lot of money month after month to run that dehumidifier and probably having the empty water, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, would these take the place of the dehumidifier? Yes. Yes, they do. Okay. So you no longer need a dehumidifier. And these have been fairly common for a long period of time. I just happen to have three names with me that I can give you today. One is called Easy Breathe. The other one is called Wave, W-A-V-E, Ventilation. And one that I know is common to uh, the area that you live in uh, is called uh, a Musty Basement Solution. M-U-S-T-Y, Basement Solution. So find you a contractor in your area that deals with any of those products. Those are brand name products, and there will be some other similar products, and obtain at least three prices and see which way you want to go. But that's going to help solve your problem in the basement far less for far less money than an air conditioning system will. And operating costs, most of these units will operate for 3 to $5 a month on electricity. You can't beat that. So I hope that's helpful to you. Yes, that is. Now I just have to find out where to get these systems. Well, I will tell you one that's in Pennsylvania, and that okay. is Vulcan, V-U-L-C-A-N, Waterproofing, is a company that does basement waterproofing and also handles this unit. So you're in PA, so look up Vulcan Waterproofing and see if they can help you out. We appreciate your call. Joan, thank you very much. Let's try to slide in another quick call. Uh, Bill has a question about some wiring issues. Bill, go right ahead. Hi, Bill. I know that a stud finder is a very uh, reliable way of finding out where the wooden studs are in a drywall cavity. Is there any kind of instrument that would enable you to determine whether there are any electrical wires in a drywall cavity before, uh, without having to tear off the drywall. Bill, there are uh, instruments that will do this. I'm familiar with the ones at the commercial or professional level. Now, those are pretty pricey. They're very similar to what, uh, in your area, Miss Utility would use, one of the folks coming out to check for underground lines because it picks up electrical current, water flow, those items. And there are devices that sense just electrical current running through the wall area. What I can't tell you is if they are 
available for at a reasonable price for ordinary homeowner use is what right. I'm getting at because I'm accustomed to using them at the professional level. They're pretty pricey when you're paying several hundred dollars a piece for some of these. What I would suggest you do is check with uh, some of the electrical uh, wholesale houses, some of the big box stores, and see if they have a device that is reasonably priced for you know, do-it-yourselfers that will detect that, but there are a number of them. Now, if you had exposed wires, there are plenty that are designed for the do-it-yourselfer that may start only in the $5, $6 range where you can determine if a wire is hot or not simply by putting the device adjacent to it. You're not even encapsulating the wire. You don't have to touch a hot end or a, uh, an exposed end to the wire. So, again, for the homeowner, there may be one there. I can't tell you what price range it is, but I do know these devices exist in the marketplace. So I'd make that call rather than spend a tank of gas at today's prices and see if you can find somebody that's got one for five, ten bucks for you to help you out. Right, or maybe an electrical contractor would would be willing to do it for uh, yeah. you know, a not too uh, for a reasonable fee. Especially if you have some other work going on in your home. That's the time I would ask them to do that. If you've got some outlets being installed or some other work, lights being installed, ask them to bring the instrument with them and to check for wires in that wall you want to work with later on. Then you avoid paying a service charge just to have them show up for that. Bill, hope that helps you with your project. We've got to step aside for a quick timeout, and then we'll continue with more of your calls, questions, and comments. For Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, don't forget you can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. And you can forward your questions, both voicemails and emails, to our website, kenthecontractor.com. A house is what you build, a home is what you make it. And while you're at our website, kenthecontractor.com, check out all the very helpful home improvement information that you'll find right there online at Ken thecontractor.com. Again, our contact number, 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. This is Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt, along with Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor. You can always reach us at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Time now for this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products, services from companies and experts he interviews during his travels, all to make your life better and provide you with options and also different ways to save money. Joining me next is Jim Edgeworth, District Manager for Bilco. That's spelled B-I-L-C-O. Bilco is a manufacturer of many products used around our home, especially for those of you with basements. You may have egress window wells and ladders. You may have basement access doors, cellar doors, all manufactured by Bilco. Jim's here today to tell us about a new product by Bilco that will make maintenance around our home so much easier. Today we're introducing our traditional steel basement door with a powder-coated, a factory powder-coated finish. So we're excited about those things. So this is maintenance-free. I mean, that's where the world's going. This is what I've been telling folks. This has been the trend for the last number of years, technology, energy efficiency, and maintenance-free. We want to be able to live in our home and spend less time maintaining it and more time doing other things. Well, that's really true. Uh, You know, our original steel door, like I said, for 85 years now, requires a finished coat. Bilco was originally a a metals company, and now, to be honest, we have a plant in Zanesville, Ohio, where we manufacture all of our residential product, and most of it's maintenance-free. 
Our window wells are made out of two different plastic processes. Our ultra door is a plastic product, and we've even taken our steel door now to virtually maintenance-free with the powder coating finish. Let's talk briefly about a couple of products. One that I think has sort of revolutionized the way we can use our basements because of egress. And for those of you saying, what are you talking about? Well, under most building codes, unless you have a window opening, a clear opening, window or door of a certain size, it does not qualify as a proper egress exit from a bedroom, which means maybe it's a great game room area, but you can't convert that into a bedroom and allow people to sleep there. Through some of the inventions and products that your company has hit the market with in the last decade or so, it's allowed people to use this space differently. Talk just a little bit about this exit device, the window well that we have and how it's used. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the code itself is, is called an egress code, but it doesn't have anything to do with getting out of the basement. It has uh, really only to do with a firefighter with a full pack getting in. And so that's where the measurements come, and I won't bore the listeners what the numbers are, but the interesting thing is that a basement that's finished doesn't need egress, but sleeping rooms need egress. But what homeowners find out if they have the foresight or a remodeling project to put in a couple of window wells and four-by-four windows, it changes the environment into first-floor living space. So it's no different than your first-floor family room or living room or whatever. And once they have that space, they find all kinds of reasons to be there, and whether it's a home office or a gym or a craft room, whatever. We see all, all that type of thing uh, outside of a sleeping room. So it really changes. It's the least expensive space in a home to refinish. And so, uh, you know, in this economy where folks are staying put, it's uh, it's a really affordable way to finish a basement. And since mo- so many of you are listening to us in the Mid-Atlantic and New England area, there are a lot of you with basements that I know would be anxious to learn a little more about this particular product. We don't have a lot of time to go into it in detail. Where can they go to actually see pictures and find more about these wells, stairs, exits from what could become a bedroom in a basement area? Sure. At www.bilco.com, there's a residential section. So all of the products have their own pages. Whether it's pictures or installation sites, there's links to YouTube videos. You can see them installed or in operation. And purchase-wise, they can go to almost any retail lumber and building material home center. Lowe's is a vendor of Bilco. They can find it at Lowe's.com. So almost anybody that sells building materials, you can find Bilco, especially in the east. All right. Now, basement access itself. Many many of us have walkout basements. That's not a problem. That isn't what this is geared towards. But for those of you that have a doorway entry, and a lot of folks grew up with this, with just some old shutters that you threw up, maybe some old tin panels that were out there. That's not what we're talking about today. These are first-class shutters, stairs, I mean, access to that basement where you are not able to lay the ground back and actually create a set of steps and, a, and or a complete well where it can drain properly. Talk to us about what you've got, not just the maintenance free side, but what's on the market today to help them access that basement? Right. Yeah, the the window wells are kind of an environmental experience. I mean, it lets fresh air and light, and it's green, and the materials, the the manufacturing process is somewhat green, but um, Bilco was founded on the steel basement door, um, and that's access from the outside to the basement. And so if you have a shop or any kind of hobby room, you want to bring large materials down there or your pool items, whatever. And the way to do that is is either do it at the initial construction site or as a remodeling project. It's obviously easier at the new build. 
It's a 40-inch opening. We have a we have a company built a subsidiary called Permentry, which is a precast step unit with a basement door on it. You can do it in block. You could pour the foundation. That square where the door sits on, a lot of people will know as a bulkhead in the east or an areaway. You can do it that way, and you can remodel and retrofit it to a foundation as well. It's a little more of a project. It's a one-day project, frankly, with the way equipment and contractors are today, but um, can be done either way, and it's uh, actually affordable. The thing that's interesting about egress, whether it's a basement door or window well, once a family has that on their home, that space is now considered livable space. So it's as part of the, the, it increases the square footage value of the home that they're living in. So the projects really pay for themselves over time. Well, this is something I remind our listeners on a regular basis is use not just your square footage, but also your cubic footage. Use your basement. If you have an attic designed for load-bearing spaces, use that. We tend to forget about it. And if we've got a basement area, because we've not had proper means of getting in and out, we're just saying it's storage. We just throw old furniture down there. Now, all of a sudden, you may be doubling the square footage of your home without spending any more money other than the cost of this particular device and putting the well in around that's it. Really, that's really true. And it's not its not a big project. It may seem big to a do-it-yourselfer, but they can go to the Bilco website, and they can find that we have a, a list of independent installers all over the East Coast that could price the project for them, give them an idea what they're in for, whether they want to window wells or basement doors. They can get it all done. Jim, two items that we want everybody to be aware of that can help them live in their basement areas more comfortably, convert that space, save some big dollars, spend some small dollars to do it, and enjoy areas that you've already paid for. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having us. And that's this week's edition of a one-on-one with Ken the Contractor. Ken talking with Jim Edgeworth of Bilco. You can find out more at Bilco.com. You know, the products that Jim and I were just talking about, for those of you working on that basement, even as you're listening to us, will help resolve some of the exit problems. Now, we didn't have time to elaborate a lot on that. But, again, if you go to billco.com, you're going to find egress wells and windows, especially for those of you that have a basement completely below ground saying there's no way I can get a set of stairs out. These meet most building code criteria across the country. So that's going to be a great way to convert that basement into bedroom space. Also, for those of you saying I don't have enough distance to get my doors in, but yet I'd like to have a means to get in and out, they're going to have covers or wells. Jim, what did you all call them when you were youngsters over those, those hatches? We called them hatchways. That's right, the old hatchway. So many of you know it is that. They're made today, and that's what Jim was talking about, some of the new finishes and maintenance-free items. So there are ways to convert that basement into an area that will save you huge dollars and may double your living space. Well, you know, it's the interesting thing, and we're looking at it at our house, and like a lot of folks, uh, where this program originates from, the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, because of the rocky land, a lot of folks don't have basements. But you do have crawl spaces, which you could use to a much higher degree than you probably do now, even in an unfinished situation, if you could get in and out more easy. But for a lot of builders, they just basically take a couple pieces of wood, throw it over the top, and every time you try to get in and out of that, it's not worth it. It doesn't work. And some of the products that Bilco and others have out there will make that usable for storage. Yeah, usable for storage. And, and a lot of the Bilco systems that you find at their website are designed with handrails and other things that make it very easy to get in and out and actually utilize that space that you've got. I remind everybody, think about the space you have and how you can use it before you add more. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? You can always turn to Ken Patterson. Ken, the contractor. You can reach Ken at one 800 614 2975. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is here to help you deal with the issues that are important to today's homeowner. If you have a question, you can always join us at 800-614-2975 or 
post your emails at kenthecontractor.com. We've got an email question coming up in just a moment. But first, time for our In the News segment. And this week, Ken, it deals with buying homes. Yeah, it does. For those of you listening to us through our various affiliates or maybe through the Internet or checking us out on the podcast and saying, not employed right now, looking to move, want to know, number one, where there's some jobs, but also, where can I find a decent deal on houses? This one's for you. This comes to us actually from the Daily Beast. They've done a survey here recently where it said home prices in cities we know around the country are slowly recovering. And I see that, and I talk about that from time to time. As the real estate market continues to come back, the Daily Beast decided to figure out which locales offer potential buyers reasonably priced homes in economically viable communities. And one reason I'm bringing this to you is because they did a more scientific study, in my opinion, as a builder and developer than a lot of people do. Uh, they considered four categories, and they were weighted equally for 150 cities across the country, which to me puts some real validity in this, with data from the National Association of Realtors and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. First, they looked at the median home price in each city for the first quarter of 2012. Then they took into account the year-on-year job growth rate, overall unemployment rate, and the ratio of home prices to income. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but when you're looking at real statistical data, they've tried to qualify. Qualify this so it has real value. And I'm not going to have time to go through all of them, but I'm going to start with number 25. And as I said, they covered 150 cities. So Minneapolis comes in at number 25 with a median home price of 147300 a job growth rate of 0.9%, so a little less than 1%, and an unemployment rate of 5.2%, clearly below the national average by several points. Let's drop down to number 18, Cumberland, Maryland. The median home price, 84900 hundred dollars a job growth rate get this seven percent in cumberland maryland unemployment rate seven point six percent so i've got to believe that unemployment's going to be coming down as with a, a job growth rate of seven percent number 14 topeka kansas median home price ninety four thousand seven hundred dollars a job growth rate they're actually losing some jobs, though, a minus 1.6%, but unemployment still below the national average at 6.3. At number nine, Toledo, Ohio, the median home price, $63,400, job growth rate, 2.1%, pretty decent. Unemployment rate still below the national average at 7.6%. Moving down into the single digits also, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, median home price, 142.2, job growth rate, 1.6%, unemployment rate, 38 That's almost unheard of across this country, a 3.8% unemployment rate. Now, at number one, Most of you would never guess this. I would not have guessed this. At number one, best American cities to buy a home, Fargo, North Dakota, based on the statistical data that we've just given to you, the median home price, 143.9, job growth rate in Fargo, North Dakota, 4.6%, and unemployment at 3%. Tells you if you're looking for a place for a job and you're looking for a place to buy a home with value and an opportunity to sell it at a later date, Fargo, North Dakota is where you want to look. Well, that's part of that oil boom out there. Got to be part of it, absolutely. But, I mean, when you look at the numbers, they tell a huge picture. So for all of you that are in transition, you're between jobs, or your company's moving you, you're being transferred, these are some things to look at. Go to the Daily Beast website, and you'll find this information for all 150 cities. All right. Uh, Let's go to our email uh, right now. And uh, this is a question that comes to us out of Pennsylvania from Frank. And he uh, wants to talk to you, Ken, about re-roofing something. 
Now, Frank, and I'll paraphrase his question here. He says it's time to re-roof his house, basically. And he wants to know what products are going to be best in his case. Now, he has not given me any information in terms of uh, dollar value, what he's looking to spend. So what I'm going to touch on are just several of the products that are available out there in the marketplace for Frank to consider. Now, he's in Birdsboro, Pennsylvania, so all of these products are going to be available. One, you can look at three-tab, the traditional three-tab shingles, maybe what you have on the house today. You can look at a heavier shingle called a dimensional shingle. You can go to metal roofing. You've got clay tiles that are available for your roof. You've got concrete that's available. And there's so many variations of these. You can also look at wood. Now, there's still places around the country that are you putting wood shakes, cedar shakes, shakes for the finished roofing product on houses. Don't highly recommend it. A lot of maintenance in that and also fire potential, even though they are treated to meet certain flame spread ratings. But Frank, not knowing your budget, not knowing what you're looking at, in my experience, the biggest bang for the buck, if you're looking for something that's going to offer a decent look and last a long period of time, I'd be looking at the dimensional shingles. These are fiberglass products. They are heavier than the traditional three-tab shingles. They typically carry a warranty of anywhere from 5 to 20 years longer than the traditional three-tab shingles. They are going to cost you more as you step up every five-year increment in warranty because they become a heavier product. But they weather quite well. The expansion and contraction is not an issue in any fashion if they're installed correctly. And that would be my recommendation. Metal has a tendency to last longer than even these shingles do. You can get metal in 40, 50-year warranties from manufacturers, uh, but you're going to pay a lot more money. So when I look at value... I'm the guy that's looking at a dimensional shingle to give me a little bit of an architectural look, a little more pizzazz, and at the same time give me some longevity without breaking the bank on the front side. All right, we've just got enough time to sneak in a voicemail question. You can email your questions to Ken at KenTheContractor.com, or you can leave voicemails at 800-614-2975. And we've got one from Greg. My question is, I have a home that was built in um, 1993. It's not quite 20 years old. They used a material on the outside that looks like a fake brick, but it was, I assume, in sheets. Uh, the house was two years old when I bought it, and I was told it was it was brick. But anyhow, it, it looks like it was put on in sheets. Um, under the ground part, it has deteriorated where it's just a wire mesh now. Um, wondering what I can do and what I need to do to correct that, So because I do have water starting to come out of the basement now uh, where this is deteriorated. Well, you puzzle me just a little bit in your question because, or your comment because you say there's mesh exposed to that. At the same time, you're telling me the brick is in a panel. For many years now, what's considered just faux panels of brick and stone have been on the marketplace. And this goes back probably at 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years, the earliest versions of those. They've become quite popular. And it sounds like that's what you're describing. Most versions do not require anything other than a, a substrate of plywood behind them. That's why I'm a little puzzled with the mesh as to which product you're talking about. So I'm going to have to make an assumption that this is the faux brick panels. Some of the earlier versions were applied or developed with a fiber board behind them, uh, much like OSB and some other products that we have found over time weren't really designed to be below grade or subject to water. And if this is only the bottom few inches of this, you're not likely to match that panel these days. My recommendation is going to be that you you or you hire a contractor to come in and to establish a horizontal line. If this is just one wall, you may want to do it and create what I'm about to tell you as a feature, or you may want to go all the way around the house and do so. 
but bring this up high enough so that you get away from the rotted materials. Then go in and have your contractor install, and they'll know how to do this, a weather-tight flashing up under the panel, drop down over the bottom, and apply a trim board and go from there and create an accent feature. Greg, we hope that helps you out. And don't forget, you can email your questions to Ken Patterson, Ken the Contractor, at KenTheContractor.com, or reach us at 800-614-2975. That wraps up this hour of Ken the Contractor. You're listening to Ken the Contractor.